You're listening to the SHL Smart Teams Podcast, a show where we invite experts on people science to talk about how to build a future where businesses thrive because their people thrive. Welcome to 2023, Lisa. I'm very excited to be with you today. thought it would be really helpful today for us to pull up together and just talk through, you know, what are some of the things that SHL is seen in the talent space as it relates to finding and attracting and retaining uh, talent for organizations. And then also learn from you um, with your work and experience in the, the BPO industry of what is it like working with your customers and clients and what sort of challenges they're facing. So very happy that you're joining us today to, to learn more from you. So Lisa, do you want to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about Heart Hanks? Sure. Thank you so much for having me. My name is Lisa Figura, and I'm the Vice President of Customer Experience for Heart Hanks. I have been with Heart Hanks for 25 years, and we are celebrating our 100th year anniversary this year. So it's pretty exciting awesome. times. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, pretty exciting times for our organization. So we've been working with some of the top brands sort of our niche across industries for many, many years and happy to be here today and have this talk. Great. And how big is Heart Hanks? How many locations do you have? So we have seven locations today in the United States, near shore and offshore. So we have an international and global presence. We have sites in Romania, the Philippines, quite a few in the United States, Nearshore presence in Guatemala, El Salvador, lots of different options for our clients, depending on the region they'd like to be in and the languages they'd like to support. And Heart Hangs really focuses a lot on customer support agents. Would you say that's your primary high volume role that you fill for? Yes. So we actually have three divisions in Heart Hanks, marketing services, fulfillment and logistics, and then customer care. And I am a leader in the in the customer care division, and that's what we're going to be talking about today. Excellent. Well, I know that Heart Hangs being over a hundred years old, that's exciting. And then you have been in this industry for over twenty five years. I'm sure you've seen what a, a shift in not only what your customers expect, but then also what is your organization expecting of the service level that you're providing customers. So, do you want to talk a little bit about some of the biggest shifts that you've seen personally over the past few years and, and or kind of current trends that you're seeing today in the marketplace? Sure. Two off the top of my head. One is that our clients that are seeking a provider of customer support agents today are really asking a lot of questions that they didn't ask before. In the past, a client would expect a BPO partner to handle attracting talent and keeping talent and it was sort of a table stake but today it's it's a really uh, big challenge for internal contact centers and bpos and therefore clients are getting pretty savvy in asking how do you attract talent how do you screen them how do you keep them what is your attrition and they're really getting very smart about asking the right questions and knowing what some of the challenges are in the marketplace the se the second i would say which is a bit more progressive in nature is that this gig concept is pretty hot right now. Many clients are looking for very flexible schedules that fit their specific industry and when their customers are interacting and they're looking for people that are very passionate about their brand. This gig concept is where Xbox wants to hire gamers and L'Oreal wants beauty consultants and sports leagues want to hire sports enthusiasts. So just essentially where the idea of 
hiring somebody that's super passionate about the the brand is really um, elevates the experience. Yeah, that's that's interesting that you say that because certainly what you're describing in terms of you know customer expectations, they're getting more savvy in terms of what they need from their customer service, but then also making sure that the people that are representing their brand are kind of buyers as well, right? So like they're they're yep. going to be consumers of that brand as well. And that is very much aligned to what we're seeing in other industries at SHL. So certainly at SHL, we're working across multiple industries, BPOs being one. But regardless of that industry, we, we call it kind of SHL experiences, meaning making sure that we're at, we're giving a candidate or a customer court agent a, a like here's what it's like to work for this organization here's some of the things that we'll be doing on a day-to-day basis not necessarily to a, a kind of attract in but it also helps to attract out to say like if we're if I'm going to be talking about sports all day this isn't really a job for me and so We've been right. trying to really start weave in more of these like upfront kind of video vignettes or um, the day in the life of, if you will, to really set the the tone for what not, not necessarily the culture is, but then what is the job like or what is it going to be like to work here? And what are some of the things that your colleagues or peers are also going to be interested in to let candidates either select out if it's not for them but then more so move them into a role or a, a career that may be a, a better align. So certainly it sounds like what your customers are demanding is, is very similar to kind of best practices that we've seen on more of the assessment side is making sure that we're putting the right people in the right place, not only to help for retention, but then also to make sure that we have a way to um, let candidates self-select out if it's not necessarily a direct fit for them. Absolutely. And I know that you have been working uh, with RFPs. And so one of the questions, you know, I had for you and we have spoken about is that, you know, when we're working through RFPs, I know you said, you know, customer expectations that have shifted a lot. But what have you seen in terms of, you know, when you are responding to RFPs for some of these larger organizations, what has changed in terms of contract terms or, reti- or requirements that you've seen as kind of a big shift over the last couple of years? Definitely some of the same that I shared in, in terms of what the industry trends are. Clients are are savvy and they, they are asking a lot of questions uh, around the people. Where do we find them? How do we screen them? How do we keep them? Very specific questions about retention and volu- involuntary attrition. They really want a partner who is passionate about the people and very thoughtful about the strategy to find the right people and keep the right people. Clients have come to understand that they can deliver an excellent experience if there's consistency in their team, right? It's very difficult to deliver a great experience if your team is always changing and the attrition is always happening. There's always new team members that are learning it for the first time that does not translate into a, to a great experience. And clients are pretty savvy about that. So it's really shifted from a lot of technology-oriented questions and analytics-oriented questions to the really the blocking and tackling of getting the right people and keeping them. Yeah, that's it's interesting because SHL would probably say we are seeing similar shifts where it used to be kind of what's the technology requirements and you know data privacy, all those things, but those are table stakes now, right? Where we those are expected to have responses in terms of how we would manage that. But the people, and then that's exactly what you just mentioned, is where we're asked, being asked from a, an RFP perspective as well at SHL, 
And in particular, we used to really see a lot of RFPs that were either talent acquisition focused. So similar to, you know, what Hart Hanks spends a lot of their time on is going out and finding talent in the marketplace and bringing it in. Very similar SHL's um, RFPs would be asking those same questions of how do you screen those individuals coming in the door to make sure that they have you know, qualified skill sets or that they're a fit, um, you know, for those roles that you're mentioning. But what we've seen now is not only is it a talent acquisition RFP, we're also seeing a shift to clients asking us, what is your talent management philosophy? So once they're in the door, what do you do with these individuals? Like how long do they stay? What's their career path? What's their career tra trajectory? What sort of activities or learning and investment is your organization doing to help retain some of this talent? Because we have just seen over, you know, kind of trends over time and even some research and statistics that when we turn over talent, it's a huge investment and cost for the business to lose talent. And so really focusing on what can we do to help drive not only retention, but then upward mobility where we are retaining the kind of that internal knowledge or that intellect that it can then be kind of cascaded down and, and certainly help with the cost on external hiring. So all that to be said that a lot of the RFPs that SHL has responded to no longer just focuses solely on the acquisition side, but then also asking what's the talent management side of the house to help kind of bring those two, what used to be silos together to make sure that we're not only attracting, but then re re retaining top talent. So any thoughts on that, Lisa? Do you guys see that at Heart Hanks in terms of, you know, trying to look through like talent mobility or, or how do you manage and handle your customer care agents once they come in in terms of a talent management strategy? Absolutely. I think there are two pieces for us that we're focused on. One is the engagement, right? Keeping them happy in the job they're in. And then the second is the look forward, right? How do we help them along their career path? Uh, on the first, clients are getting very savvy about asking what are our specific engagement activities? And we honestly, we've had to invest in this. We created a new team which is our onboarding team at Hart Hanks. And we have folks now that are completely focused on what the initial first year of a customer support agent's job looks like. How can we help them through that year so that they stick around? Because we've learned if we can get through that period of time and they're engaged and they're happy, then we have a better chance of having a longer term retention and getting them into an upward mobility path with us. So we have really focused on that. We've also invested in various tools like shout out and other in engagement type tools where employees can recognize other employees great work and can shout it out and post it. It really works well with the population, the, the social platforms and things that a lot of the folks that we're hiring are very familiar with. It works very much like that. So they're, they're very much used to it. And that engagement strategy and the resources we've dedicated to it are, are really working in, in terms of us having much stronger retention than our, our competitive set. And then the second piece is the upward mobility path. I've been at Hart Hanks for 25 years. Much of our leadership has as well. So the upward mobility uh, strategy of the past was 
look around, your leaders were once in your shoes, right? And you could see the upward mobility track all around you. You could see that employees that were giving their best were moving forward and that there was lots of opportunity. You could go into a training or quality or business intelligence or technology, really whatever, or human resources, whatever your passion was, you could really follow an upward mobility track. But today we are, as 2023 is upon us, we're thinking through a a much more strategic and purposeful approach to this because looking at your 25-year tenured folks around you is not going to happen anymore, right? It's not indicative of, of our culture, of, of how long people stay in jobs. So we're, we're rethinking that piece right now. Yeah, it's interesting to hear you say that. And I would say that, you know, Heart Hangs is probably not alone in that. Certainly um, from SHL's client base, there is a lot, a lot of clients and I'll say clients that maybe have very sophisticated talent acquisition programs are rethinking their talent management structure, meaning just as you mentioned, like what has happened in the past or the way that you've approached kind of career mobility or career progression in the past, it worked then, but it may not work in the future. And so taking a step back to realize, like like you mentioned, a more of a purposeful approach, what is it that we need to do to rethink about our leader pipeline, our talent pipeline? What can we do as an organization to make sure that we keep the right leaders in place, but then also open the opportunities for other new thought leaders to come in to drive more diversity, to be more objective. So certainly what you're mentioning is very much aligned to what we're seeing across multiple industries, not just BPOs, but just really making a more thoughtful um, approach to kind of talent management, if you will, um, in terms of, of, of the leadership pipeline. Absolutely. And one of the things that I would say that is one of the driving factors of what organizations are doing is to try to instill more objectivity into some of these leader decisions. And so, as you mentioned, it used to be like, who's been there the longest or um, who has right. you know, the best performance scorecards. Those are very traditional ways to identify future leaders and and it's not wrong by any means, but that's just, we probably didn't have a scalable way to do it any better, but with technology and you know, certainly this is where SHL has been spending a lot of our time is to say, how can we do it faster and more predictable or reliable, if you will, using more objectivity and assessments. And so we are really seeing a lot of organizations keep and retain kind of the, the approach that they've had in the past, because certainly there's a lot of change management that would need to occur to change kind of the old ways of thinking, but instead start layering in different ways to drive more objectivity in those decisions. And it's going to take time, right? This isn't anything that we're going to see change overnight or even in 2023. But when we start thinking about new ways to be more purposeful, new ways to be more strategic, what I do think we have seen is that that sort of, of thinking trickles down where it starts to layer in the business strategy to the people strategy, where then it kind of it goes down into more of a hierarchy where we are then able to see at the lower levels of the organization who really has potential, if you will, to be in a more senior role. But we have a line of sight to them. And I think right now a lot of organizations have been um, pretty siloed in the way that they've approached that, but they also just haven't had um, either the technology or the data to really help make those decisions more objectively. So 
certainly exciting to hear that Hart Hanks is giving that some thought and that that is, you know, one of the approaches, if you will, for 2023 for them. Yes, I think it's it's very interesting because being customer experience experts, we've really focus on knowing the customer, right? We help our brands know everything they can possibly know about their customers so they can interact with them in a very personal way, um, in the channel of their choice, at the time that they wish, in the place that they are, all of this. And we, across this industry, we're quickly learning that we, we need to do the same for our employees. We need to understand them better. We need to know them better because we need them. And yeah. in order to succeed, we have to help them find the right path in, in the same way that we do for our customers. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think it goes back to it's about the people, right? And so for Hart Hanks, it's the, the people, your frontline workers, your customer calls and agents, they are your voice. They are your brand advocates of the brands that you're representing. And at SHL, we would say it's about the people as well, regardless if it's customer care or if it's a senior leader. It's the people that's driving the business strategy, that's driving the, the growth of the organizations. And that's what we're, what we're all looking for, right, is, is growth in organizations, either organically or, or not. But we're really trying to make sure that we can do that through the right people. And so love it that you guys are focusing on making sure that your customer care agents are the right people in the right roles for your brands. And at SHL, we're focusing to make sure that we are having the right people and the right places and the right roles for across all industries, right? Not just BPOs. So definitely aligned. And it certainly sounds like your, your focus is, is very much aligned with best practices that we're seeing in the industry as well as across industries. So very exciting stuff. Any other final thoughts before we wrap up here today? Uh, I think another element in terms of industry trends that I didn't mention before is this whole concept of reviews, right? So Reviews are driving future purchases, right? Reviews are critical to the brand and great reviews can elevate your brand and increase sales very quickly while bad reviews can can literally destroy your brand. That's where people are looking before they buy. And so that's that's an interesting place that we're focused is making sure we have the right talent and the right strategy to help brands be proactive in how they engage with customers so that they don't get bad reviews in the first place. And when they do to work through a strategy of responding to those reviews. So I think all of the, all of the trends really do tie back to ha having the right talent in the right places, keeping them and helping them move forward in a way that's really good for the organization and really good for them. That's interesting. And, and you don't have to answer this as I don't mean to put you on the spot, but if you can, when you think about reviews in not only BPO industries, but then just other organizations that have call centers as well, some of the metrics that they look to help predict is like average handle time or customer resolution, first call resolution, all of those metrics. Do you think reviews will be a key metric in the future? Uh, 100%. And reviews is really another channel, right? So customers can call and complain, they can email, they can chat, they can text, they can post, they can engage in, in a lot of different ways to share their feedback and experience. The challenge is that reviews is getting the most focus, right? It's a public channel, so everyone mm -hmm. can see it. And it's a place where customers have learned to go. So everyone's looking there 
more so than anywhere else. And so it still has very similar metrics. How quickly are you responding to reviews? How quickly are you responding to interactions leading up to your review? Are you handling and resolving the first time? All those are still very important metrics. It, it's just that the reviews are so impactful to the business that how you interact leading up to that and how quickly you respond is a critical factor in delivering great reviews. Yeah, so that's a really interesting point because you're saying reviews is like a channel, right? For the customer agent to work through, like we're just like you call in to respond to review. And then what will be interesting to see is like, is a negative review more hurtful than a positive review? And I'm sure there's going to be some metrics and data that comes out like for every one great review, it offsets, you know, five bad or whatever the case is. But I think that what you're mentioning is like, it's such a public forum that we've all seen it, you know, like you read a restaurant review, one bad review, like I'm not going to go there, but they overlook the other 10 positive ones. So it'll be really interesting trend to watch for your industry to see what is the ratio of positive and negative reviews and then how do those customer care agents manage and handle them? And does that offset any sort of either neg- negative publicity or does it really kind of perpetuate the goodness, if you will, if it's a good review? So that'll be a very interesting trend to keep an eye on. Yeah, it really will. It's been exciting for us to work on this piece because it is pretty progressive and building a strategy for brands to help them know what is the best impact of these resources, right? So not just responding to negative reviews, of course, that has to be done. It has to be done quickly. We even have a strategy around review reversals and and removing reviews. If you can deliver a quick and very good experience, people are willing to take them down and you can sort of turn them around. Mm. But in addition to that, responding to the positive reviews, right? So sometimes organizations are focused on only engaging with their complaints, but rather something that can really build a brand's success is engaging with the brand advocates, right? And engaging with people that love your brand can go very viral in in the positive way. So it's important to balance resources for both sides. Yeah, that's really interesting. That's something certainly SHL should take a look at as well. It's like, you know, is there a way that we can help you either assess for that or instill more kind of um, metrics or data around that to make sure that we're we're finding the right person that because that's that's a skill set in itself right like managing a review channel like who is that right person for that so very very interesting good well i think we can wrap here today appreciate your comments and thoughts and um any other final closing remarks you want to add to this no, no, thanks. Uh, thanks for having me. It's, it's exciting to get the opportunity to to talk to a leader in your organization as well. It, it feels like, you know, we're very aligned, right? What we're trying to accomplish and what you're trying to accomplish is is very much aligned and we, we sort of need each other. So it's, uh, it's nice <laughs> right, right people, right roles, right places. Yeah, yeah no, nice to see absolutely. The collaboration. Yeah, no, thanks, Lisa. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the SHL Smart Teams podcast. To learn more about how SHL helps companies leverage their greatest asset, their people, please visit shl.com.